Hello, Martin here again. Okay, as usual, this guest uses the F's and the Jeffs, so get ready for some swearing and probably some innuendo as well, but definitely the swearing. Welcome to the Star Wars Spins, a talk show where we have no clue. Nothing is planned and we're slightly mad. You never quite know what we might do. So join us for the Star Wars Spins, a jolly podcast that's right for you. Spin with the wheel, that's the deal. Hope we don't get sued. Welcome to Star Wars Spins, the nonsensical podcast about the nonsense of Star Wars. Hello, welcome. You've come back for another one. I'm absolutely honoured by this. I am your co-host, Dave Tree, and joining me tonight is the Quizmaster, who has all the questions but none of the answers. It's Martin Keeler. Martin, how are you doing? Hello, Dave. Yeah, I'm doing very well. Yourself? Well, like I said, we're doing something, right? We keep coming back and we're here for more and more. So, like, what more could anybody want? I mean, the feedback has been amazing. So I'm so glad that people want more. Yeah, I've been overwhelmed and I'm amazed each episode gets commissioned. It's brilliant. Yeah, the inbox is full. So many questions. There's so many endorsements, so many requests for appearances. If you want to get us on, you know, please send through the email that doesn't quite exist yet but like but like you know we'll we'll answer all correspondence once we set something up why not which makes it more impressive they found us so well yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. i mean that is truly the most incredible bit surely yeah so now we've got that out of the way let's remind ourselves of last episode's nomination for tonight's guest I would like the next guest Star Wars Spins to be Mark Marukasuta from the Star Wars Holiday Special. So tonight's guest holds the record for being the youngest to appear on the show thus far. Born in 1981, he considers himself a second-generation fan with Timothy Zahn novels as his stepping-on point. The Expanded Universe books formed the backbone of his fandom with a collection hitting 450 books at one point. However... Like so many of us, he has fallen down the well of the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good being Bendham's, the bad being Vintage and Sideshow and Gentle Giant, and sadly, the ugly, a collection of 140 pops. I don't know if I can do this show, Martin. 140 Funko Pops. It's all your nightmares come true, isn't it, Dave? It is, it is. I suffer for this art. However, it was Starbucks Celebration in 2007 where our guest started his journey for what he is most associated with today. Costuming for the first time as a Jedi Knight, he met members of the Rebel Legion and quickly became a full member. His tireless hard work in fundraising, supporting charities and projects has led him to become the commanding officer for Elstree Base, the branch of the Rebel Legion which covers England, Wales and Scotland, a post which he has overseen for the past four years. He is also a member of the Mandalorian Mercs, Vok Chi clan and of the 501st UK garrison and at Fanthatrax which is also an anagram of at crankshaft he is the co-host of making tracks podcast with the equally beautiful Mark Newbold so joining us for Star Wars spins tonight please welcome Mark Mulcuster Way! That's the most generous and fluffy introduction I've had. Normally, Mark's quite rude when, when we do the podcast. So, uh, not at all, not at all. And 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 the thing is, like, genuinely, you, you're a very humble guy. The work that you do with Rebel Legion and, and Rebel Legion as a whole, I don't think it ever gets the platform really deserves to be shouted out mm. enough about how much of a difference it's made. Things is added to to help contribute to fundraising, to projects, to charities. You know, it, it it's incredible. You know, it really is. 
You're a credit. You should be a sir. It should be Sir yeah. Molecaster. Oh, you can you can put their nominations in for MBEs. I think. Yeah, I think they so. Yeah, we're yeah, doing it now. Not? You are right. To be fair, unfortunately, just because of how iconic the look of a stormtrooper costume is, and the fact that. They're also in canon. The 501st, they get obviously a, a bigger lion's share of like the coverage. And of course, a lot of people, especially press outlets and stuff, they have this tendency to sometimes put everybody under the umbrella of the 501st. So yeah. sometimes you, you, you kind of sometimes know that when they say the 501st, they actually mean the 501st Rebel Legion and the Mando Mercs. And in the States, it's the 501st Rebel Legion, Mando Mercs, Dark Empire, Sabre Guild, you know, R2 Builders Club, Matt. So it's, it's a more diverse community than I think some people are led to believe. But hey, anyway, thank you for having me. I'm I've been looking forward to this for ages, so I'm slightly <laughs> nervous. <laughs> Don't be scared. I am just a little bit. Be terrified. So, right, Mark, that's all very interesting and very noble. But you don't sound sincere at all about that. Oh no, no, no! I, I just want to get take away. I want to get to the good stuff here. Okay, okay. go on. In. So I know three things about Mark. Two of which are true, and one of which is a lie, Dave. I want you to guess which one's the lie, and I shall present this through the medium of song. Yeah, he does it every time. So what I told you was true. From a certain point of view.
Wow. I mean, I had a jingle done for me for Skywalking Through Neverland, mm. and I thought that was brilliant. But this one fucking takes a biscuit. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> In so many ways. I, I'm loving the, the, the harmonizer, you know, the, the use of a harmonizer and stuff like that. Because you almost, almost sound in key at points. I was going to so. say, though, there was a couple of bits where a few notes were almost right at the right place yeah. as well. It's good. I almost thought it kind of sounded like if Carl Bayliss had uh, a, a secret love child with a SNES emulator, mm. that's probably <laughs> the kind of sound it would come out with. And that, that was the angle I was going for. That cool. was exactly. So go. I'm really pleased you picked wow. up on that, right? Yeah. Nailed it. So, yeah, nailed it, man. So, so Dave. <laughs> yes. Would you like a recap on what you may have just heard? Uh, please do. Okay. So the first fact in there was Mark was part of a flash mob dancing at a station to promote Star Wars film. Second fact was he's got to go to quite a few film premieres, but he has basically stolen bits of the red carpet to have at home on it as his collection. And then the third fact, he's actually got into a fight with Brian May when trying to buy an action figure. Right. All three excellent choices. So the first one is a flash mob. Did you say dancing? Yes. There's Star a flash Wars. mob dancing. There, 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 and there is dancing in at least one Star Wars film. Right. Um, so I can imagine that in my experience of asking the aid and help of costuming organizations, there are certain things that are asked. I can't imagine the costuming groups agreeing to do dancing for like Star Wars because I think that would almost be pushing their luck. And not not the costuming groups, but whoever's requesting it might be pushing their luck and it might be like a flat outright no because people can't see what they're doing and, and, and stuff like that. For the second one, having a piece of the red carpet from attending premieres, I totally think that is 100% true. Reason being that to be invited to go along to those things is a real privilege and it might not ever happen again and stuff like that. Now, you've got the memories, but like to have like some kind of memento. And when you see like red carpet premieres, I've only really done one where I was press and after all of the, the people went in, it was almost kind of like, like a scene out of Walking Dead. You had like people clawing over, like ripping off like the placards on the railings, you know. And, th- and this was like G.I. Joe, you know, this was like a high profile <laughs> film. Like The Rock was there and whatnot. But like, you know, people were, ah, you know, like, so I could totally see like, yeah, rip up the carpet. Let's, let's, let's get a bit. If I was in your shoes, I totally would be like, I need something to mark this incredible moment by so then is between the first one and the third one being you got into a fight with brian may over an action figure which i think is amazing but i think because you play bass don't you mark yeah i think you wouldn't do that i think you would see brian may and i think you would actually be courteous if he kind of said well you know actually i want this and you wouldn't go well, no, I saw it first or I've got it or something like that. I, th- I think you, you know, as, as a as a fellow musician, I think you would be fairly courteous towards him and allow him to get that purchase or, or, or something like that. I don't think you would have had a fight with Brian May then. So I'm saying that that's the lie. Mark, would you like to take us through in any order you like? So, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, technically, all of them are slightly lies because... Um... <laughs> oh, God, don't say that. Dave will claim a victory. <laughs> no, oh, too late. Too late. <laughs> but, and I only say that because, obviously, uh, Rise of Skywalker had a blue carpet, which is now on the draw, along with rather large chunks of The Last Jedi and Force Awakens. Nice. Um, that is true. Now, 
I did actually kind of get into a bit of a tussle over an Odie Mandrell figure with Brian May. No! At the Camberley Entertainer back in 1999. No! Yeah, yeah. We both reached for it. And I was like, oi, I've got this. Because I, I did actually technically reach for it first. And then I, I looked and I kind of had to look up because Brian's actually quite tall. And I was like, oh, shit. If you want it, Brian, by all means. Because I, I can pick this up anytime. But I'm, I'm kind of guessing you probably can't get out to shop to the shops very often. He goes, you're pretty much right. Why use that on you? Like- At that point, literally the entire staff of the entertainer had queued up to get autographs. So I was just like, I'm not even going to bother to ask him. I'll just, I'll just kind of say, have a nice day and move on. And my friend who was with me, Sam, who was that? And I was just like, <laughs> bloody Brian May, wasn't it? I was like, it was Brian May. <laughs> so, no. Hey, Brian May with his grabby mitts again. Yeah. Uh, yeah I can't so- believe it was over Odie Mandrell as well. I mean, I think <laughs> yeah, that's was- even better. That, that, that makes it a phenomenal story. Exactly. Flash mob thing. I came up with that lie whilst I was at work and I literally was just putting Rise of Skywalker on and it started at the flash mob kind of like the Santa scene. And I thought, well, that's a good lie because that might be kind of believable, you know, but maybe I just did it as a part of a promotional thing for at Waterloo or something. Because they do all that kind of crazy stuff, don't they? Yeah. Didn't they? You know, yeah. they have like T-Rexes kind of like breaking out of the floor and stuff like that. So Real ones. Yeah, real ones, especially. <laughs> yeah, so. Hurrah! Dave got it wrong. Hurrah! Yay, well done me! I'm a great bullshitter, so it's fine. This, this is actually just the tip of the iceberg because what we're going to take you through now, okay. for the benefit of you and anybody who's joining us for the first time, is a series of questions. And we have split these into a number of rounds. So we're going to break you in very... Very gently with a quick fire round, which is you may fire when ready. You may fire when ready. This is a 60 second round. And the idea behind it is just to literally ease you in to questions that we'll be asking later on. Would you sooner kiss a Wookiee or Han Solo? A Wookiee. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In Revenge of the Sith, when the medical droids said, lost the will to live, was it referring to Padme or Natalie Portman? Uh, Natalie Portman's career, I think, yeah. Love that. Would you rather be Snice Oodles, Max Rebo or Droopy McCall? Droopy McCall. Are Force Ghosts in Purgatory? Yes. Would you rather have a mouth like Snice Oodles or a neck like Torn Wee? Of a neck? <laughs> Obviously. I'll never I'll never leave a bedroom. Death Star 1 or Death Star 2? Death Star 2. Evacuate? In our moment of triumph? Interesting responses there. Let's just take a few moments to kind of review some of those answers, shall we? I want to go there first. The neck. Well, I mean, it's really handy because like, you'd be able to see over fences and over shopping aisles and, you know... Hopefully that neck's pretty flexible, so you should be able to do stuff as well. Oh, no, 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 that's the, that, that's certainly... I mean, come on. As as teenage boys, we've all tried it once in our lives, surely. All tried a torn wee. We've got a name for it now. <laughs> there's, there's an actual name for it now. It's called a torn wee. Dad, torn wee's here. <laughs> Don't come in. <laughs> oh, man, that's amazing. You said you'd rather kiss a Wookiee than Han Solo. In my mind, kissing a Wookiee is a bit like, you know, when you kiss your dog? Either intentionally or unintentionally. You know, sometimes they get a little bit licky and you turn and they're suddenly there and they lick you. You know, and people do kiss their animals, whereas I think kissing Han Solo would be a little bit too personal. So so you'd like a Wookiee to sort of go all over your face? 
Do you reckon Chewie brushes his teeth, or do you think he's yeah. just like you know? Got... No, I I reckon they they have like wookie sized dentatures, so he has minty breath, but ah. and has to give him those like chewy things. Plays yeah. fetch with it, exactly. Yeah, he has to get him to like do paw and like play dead. He's <laughs> <laughs> like. You know I'm 200 years old, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm past I'm, this. I'm over, yeah, I'm over this shit. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a question, Dave, that came up that you've you've seemed to have forgotten. Losing the will to live in Revenge of the Sith, when the medical droid said she's lost the will to live, was it referring to Padme or Natalie Portman? <laughs> Yeah. And your answer was Natalie Portman. Well, I said uh, Natalie Portman's career. Natalie Portman's <laughs> career, yeah. So good, good qualification there. Um, but then I think, didn't she kind of, after Revenge of the Sith, didn't she just go off to finish her degree and stuff? So she did actually have a bit of a career hiatus. I mean, I think she did V from Vendetta and that was yeah. about it. Not that I'm a, a massive Natalie Portman fan or stalker anymore. Not but... since that court order. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. But yeah, Changes I mean, everything. Exactly. To be fair, but as a concept, though, if we're going to get a little bit serious, mm. I do. I don't actually have an issue with having the, you know, losing the will to live. Actually, some people do because you see it. I did a documentary not so long ago, and this guy was really ill, and the doctor actually told his wife, "You just got to tell him that it's okay to go." And she, yeah, she did that, and he kind of slipped away within a couple of hours. So, so there is. But that, what about when you're you know, pregnant with twins and you're about to give birth? I mean, well. You know, that's a bit of a shit timing, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, irresponsible, um, like parenting to be fair, but maybe that's what she was thinking. She was thinking, oh, Am I gonna have to deal with these two by myself? They got robots for this, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would have just palmed them off to like a handmaiden or two, you know, there's there seemed to be like 10 or 15 of them floating around at any point, so you know, that's a good point. But hey, there you go. Do you reckon she's actually still alive? You know, she actually faked her death. It could be one of the handmaidens that she like planted there. Exactly. It could be. It could have been Sabe. Yeah, it could have yeah. been Sabe. Mm, yeah. Ooh, that would that would screw up E.K. Johnson's books, wouldn't it? Do you think it was her agent that held her hand and said it's okay to go? <laughs> well, he was like, yeah, I've already got my 10%. So, yeah, yeah if, if, whatever you want to do. <laughs> Yeah. He's already said he's not doing any more films now, so that gravy yeah. train's dead, and you're 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 yeah. out of here. So you're you're dead. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're you're stuffed. So yeah, okay. what makes Droopy McCool cool? The name, surely. Droopy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but you just go around being called referred to as Mister McCool. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I don't know about size noodles because she she did kind of get it together with zero over heart. So yeah. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't no, it? Was a bit of a weird one. No, was I it? mean, just to me- <laughs> just to me- just the mechanics of it, really. In my mind, you know, just it's weirder <laughs> that people sat down and wrote that, and then it got yeah. approved. Yeah, it probably came from GL. He probably thought, "I know, let's let's do this thing." Yeah, where must, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, where Snootles is kind of like, you know, she's a bit of a double agent, isn't she? Yeah, because she she you know she knocks him off. So it's uh, what that was. Oh God, you've seen you've seen a different version of me. Do you think Jeez. he just walked in one day? What I want to see. More than anything, yeah. is Sice Noodles getting on with a hut. Yeah. yeah. But, but, but only in animated form. It's cheaper. Yeah. yeah. And they didn't realise he wasn't talking about putting in the Clone Wars. He was just saying, this is my personal request. This is my fantasy. Make yeah. it happen. Makes you wonder what Detours is like now, doesn't it? That was never yeah. a good idea in my book. To be fair, I'm kind of glad I don't think it's going to see the light of day because I think right now it's probably aged horrendously. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen that episode that kind of got leak well it didn't get leaked it is obviously it's out there properly in some way yeah what well, the one with uh follow and zuckus yeah in the yeah Lexus can- uh, cantina i didn't actually find it that funny i mean it, it looked pretty cool but i was like yeah it's probably passed me by if i'd seen it when it'd come out probably been okay but you know 
that's a good what six six years ago yeah yeah so yeah i think they may have just actually dodged a bullet and so every, everybody always criticizes disney's takeover of, of lucasfilm but genuinely uh-huh. at that point in time honestly the quality of a lot of the output not everything but a lot of it was really really subpar and when you look at like mm. detours it's like i should never have come about the xbox dance game you know oh, with like hands so yeah. you know it's like it's so bad it's not even well, you know yeah. and, and and it was all around that that kind of like same time period and if you it, look at the quality of it it's kind of like no this is, this yeah. is in the toilet really I, I mean even like you know the hyperspace hoopla and stuff like that at disney where you've got darth vader breakdance and stuff mm. like that i mean i i know that's kind of got a there's a small niche pocket of disney fans and star wars fans who really enjoy that but you can totally understand why disney kind of pulled it and you know because it's so off brand and that's the thing it's like it's if you're basically almost trying to reignite a franchise what you don't want is mixed messaging you want a real clear and concise message where people just go i know who darth vader is he's the baddest man in the whole galaxy yeah not just like some kind of like punk ass bitch who's getting owned by his like emperor boss mm. you know like like in robot chicken so yeah yeah so i think i don't think it's a bad thing really so that's hopefully got you warmed up, Mark. We're going to take you to round two. Now, round two is going to be at random. There's one of three possible sets of questions that we're going to be asking you. So this could be questions all relating to fandom. This could be questions all relating to films, or it could be questions all relating to collecting. Go on, then. But I was going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Ben? Ben Kenobi? Boy, am I glad to see you. Your eyes can deceive you, so don't trust them. Your eyes can deceive you, don't trust them. These are all questions relating to the films. So this is quite a good, exciting one for us because it's the first time we've been able to like ask a set of questions. So I'm going to hand you over to Martin, who's going to ask you all the questions relating to the Star Wars films. What is the most mundane encounter you've ever had with a Star Wars celebrity? <laughs> Oh, God. Where do I start? Well, well, it's not going to be Brian May, is it? No, it's not going to be Brian May. Um, so this is a bit of a weird one. And I'm only saying it because he's dead, so he can't come back unless he wants to haunt me. <laughs> but ooh, I went to, I think, Southampton Comic Con, and uh, Peter Mayhew was there. And Peter was very good at signing maybe five or ten autographs and then going out for a 15-minute fag break. And I happened to be outside for one of these copious amounts of fag breaks. And... The, and literally the first time I met him, he was he started to go into rather excruciating detail about his family tree and that he was researching it and all that, which is slightly interesting. But also, when you've got Chewbacca in front of you and you just want to ask him all these questions like, you know, how you know how how sweat, sweaty did your balls get in the suit and stuff like that. <laughs> which is the first thing that must have come to your mind as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean it was about ten years ago, so you, you can see I've matured a little bit since then. <laughs> yeah. <it>. Um <laughs> You know, so talking about family trees was kind of like, okay, you know, fair enough. Yeah. And it's it's one of those ones where I was just like, am I meant to have a conversation with you about this? So, yeah, there you go. That's, that's it. <laughs> Actually, that's a good answer. Should we go on to another question? Do it. Spin, 
what Star Wars character have you grown to hate over time? C.O. Bibble. <gasps> so it wasn't instant hate. Well, actually, yeah, it pretty much was. There's something about how condescending he is in Phantom Menace that just really pisses me off. And also an instant dislike was most of the counsellors from Rogue One who are around the table when Jin's trying to kind of like pitch the idea about we've got to blow up a Death Star and all that. And there's just a couple of, of these kind of day players who are absolutely dreadful and they're so stilted, but also they're so freaking negative. So it just winds me up. It, it grinds my gears. But yeah, CO Bibble definitely really annoys me. Okay, How about you guys? Well, no, but so, so you've said an instant hate, but yeah. we're, we're saying which one have you grown to hate? So who didn't necessarily start? Well, this is it. To be honest, I'm I'm one of these people that doesn't necessarily change my opinion of people too much. So once I, you know, once I, once you know you're tired with a brush, that's it. You're you're done for. So yeah. I'm just trying to think. I don't think anybody massively done that. No, no. But like I said, it's so it's instant. You, with you is it's it, like pretty much. It's like. I like them, I don't like them, yeah, kind of thing. They're annoying, they're hot, whatever, you know. So, so it's like a Marmite kind of reaction. It is, yeah, it is. I'm, I'm, I'm quite, because I'm quite visual about that kind of stuff as well, so I kind of like, you know, when I see stuff I, I don't like, I automatically go, yeah, I don't like that. doesn't mean that, you know, somebody can't, pers- like, you know, change my mind or at least necessarily justify their existence in the universe to me. That's fine. I, you know, I can accept a character of that level, but there was just something about his deliveries that just made me kind of go, oh, I just want to smash you. I don't know. And I mean, like, punch you in the face, just for, you know, clarification. <laughs> no, 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 that's not what you meant. <laughs> you, see, you see, the one that you asked about us, the one for me that yeah. I think this question reflects on is, I'm actually going to say all the Jedi. Oh, really? Yeah, because yeah, they started Man, off really the council, cool. council, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, they started off as kind of like really, the, you know, the height of what yeah. good looks like. And then you get the prequels and you're like, oh, and, and even the Clone Wars, I think it rubs it even more. You're kind of, these guys are idiots. Yeah, but then that's, I suppose that's part of the dramatic irony of it, mm. really, isn't it? You know, the fact that we know. And I think, I mean, I assume both of you guys kind of knew straight away that Sidious was Palpatine and none of that stuff. Yeah. Whoa, know, whoa, right? whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, sorry, I knew, I knew spoilers. That, yeah. yeah. Woo, woo. But I mean, because I, so the f- first time I saw Phantom Menace, actually, um, was at Bracknell UCI f- uh, Cinema. And they had 10 screens mm. and I Stayed up till half one in the morning to actually, you know, book tickets because it was all done by phone. So I spent an hour and a half hearing me engaging. Went through, booked my tickets, got dropped off at 9 a.m. On, on the day it was released. Walked in there, sat down in my seat, and I was the only bugger in that screen. They, for some reason, they had allocated people to, like, you know, they, I think they had allocated people to different screens. And, and so I turned around after the trailers. I'm like, I'm in my own screen. Lovely. I was so... So I saw Phantom Menace by myself. Oh. So, which is yes, yeah, so it's a very fun mo- moment for me. See, so I, they they got me hook, line, and sinker with Palpatine because Phantom Menace. I was convinced, yeah, like it's obviously the Emperor. That because you, know, yeah. you know this Clone Wars because they threw in cloning. I started going, oh wait a minute, Ooh, is there a bluff yeah. going on here? And then yeah. Revenge of the Sith. I was kind of, I think I was all like almost disappointed he was Palpatine. Yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> You almost slightly, you're slightly hoping there's going to be some massive twist, and yeah. you're like, "Oh my God, Lucas is an absolute genius." Yeah, and I mean he is because I think the 
the last part of that film really just oh. kind of amazing. And the thing is, for me anyway, I think my favourite fil- uh, scenes, and this might even be a question, but my favourite scenes in all of Star Wars are the ones which don't have talking when it's just like story being told through camera movements and, and mm. looks and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yes. But yeah, I mean, I was like, wait a minute. I recognise that chin and then when i went and spoke to my friend because at the time i only had one real friend who was into star wars everybody else was you know too cool mm. really so and he was like who so who do you reckon about sidious guys and i was like are you kidding me yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you've and you've read the um I, I know for a fact that he read the original like star wars novelization so i was like go reread the introduction yeah. go go and do it now and then come back and we can talk <laughs> then talk uh, to me not until yeah, you've done that exactly oh. and you said he was your only friend friend and yeah. then you he quickly became like he had no friends because <laughs> yeah, that was actually, it. He's like, you couldn't look him in the eye anymore. I mean, in fairness, actually to Sam, Sam was basically the, the reason why I got into Star Wars. So him and his brother brought the, the white CBS Fox uh, Star Wars edition from John Menzies. Yeah, yeah. God knows if they, if they even exist anymore. Yeah, they do. Do they? <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. Blimey. That's, that, and, that and, is and they're still selling the stuff you're talking about as well. It's quite, yeah. It's quite good, yeah. <laughs> And I just happened to go around about, you know, one afternoon and he was watching about halfway through and got to the end. And I was like, oh, can I borrow this? And he goes, yeah, sure. So I just took it home. And literally for the next week, I just put it on repeat. Literally, that was the only thing I watched. And I can remember watching it with my brother. And I was like, oh, oh my God, do you not just want to do something? And he goes, what do you mean? I go, I don't know, like join the rebellion or something. This is like, this is amazing. And, and that was it. So that was my start. So do you want me to go on to another question? Been that mother. What is the most quotable Star Wars line? I think I use, I have a bad feeling about this quite a lot. Yeah, Good it's one. a classic. It's a yeah. classic. I think that one, yeah. Um, what other ones do I use? Uh, sometimes at work I do kind of tend to use, you failed me for the last time. <laughs> <laughs> Before I choke an assistant. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah there's, yeah, there's lots of ways, isn't there, of slipping in Star Wars lines. Yeah, yeah. I, I quite enjoy doing it and hoping people don't notice. And... I, I was at a party the other week and um, I said something to one of my female friends and she kind of got a bit cringy. And somebody else came up and goes, what were you talking about? I go, wow, well, you should have seen us alone in the South Passage. I tried to take up a North Passage. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I try to fit that into more conversations, but it's not quite working. It's not... <laughs> So, slight extension question then. How do you feel about quotable Star Wars lines peering back within Star Wars? You know, I I know people would get excited, but for me, when I see quotable Star Wars lines being quoted back into Star Wars or or, or a Star Wars thing, I kind of find it a bit like, oh. I think sometimes it's okay or excusable if it's the same character. So, I'm thinking right now, like Tarkin when he says you may fire and ready like he does in the penultimate episode of a bad batch yeah and i think he's done before you could kind of see that's probably one of his go-to lines but if you give it to somebody else when it that's when it starts to tread on the toes of fan service a little bit yeah yeah i think unless of course they're trying to do something really clever with a whole mirroring of like you know who's saying it and it's a juxtaposition to actually who said it previously and stuff like that but the thing is you don't tend to get that until you sit down and you think about it you just go Oh, but so-and-so said that already. Yeah. It's difficult, isn't it? They try so hard to keep older fans kind of like invested 
and kind of the, you know the nostalgia trip kind of going yeah because they're pretty good they don't tend to deal with too much of a wink and a nod it never really feels like a complete fan service not not on the same level as and i think probably for me the best example is uh force awakens when finn pulls out of the remote and he just holds it in front of a camera long yeah. enough to kind of you almost expect him to go hey hey yeah. Yeah, you see that you see what i got here? yeah you remember this this was yeah. the first one yeah, yeah you know then throws it so that, to me, is kind of like on the nose fan service. But yeah, I mean, I suppose it's not necessarily a bad thing as long as it, it's done in the right context, I think. Or given, or sometimes in a creative way when you can give, you know, words a new context. Yeah. Because then it's like, oh, now, yeah, you know, it makes more sense. But <laughs> for one thing that I want to know above everything else to do with Star Wars is what the hell does E-Tutor mean? Because it's clearly like some kind of derogatory swear word. I mean, I I could take a you know a good stab, but they've used that in the Bad Batch as well, mm. haven't they? And it's kind of like, and I'm I'm not even sure the context is the same. So it's just like, hmm, what does it mean? Well, it's yeah. probably something you know. If, if if you're thinking in the realms of C3PO and his etiquette and protocol, so if it's e tutor, it could be jam then cream. <laughs> a tutor e is. <laughs> cream then jam so that's why 3po is so offended oh, how rude because yeah. he's he's doing it jam then cream on like you know his uh his tea not tk what am i talking about he's gone oh i could murder a cream and jam scone sounds wonderful oh i'm so hungry these things go on for so long I wish someone had made me a cream and jam scone. Ah, where's my dinner? Trico being, you know, programmed in etiquette, he knows that the proper way is uh, cream than jam. You're listening to Star Wars Bake Off with... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Next question. Next question. Should we have one more on this round, Dave? Let's do it. Yeah. Is the anticipation of a new Star Wars film better than the release of the new Star Wars film? Oh, oh, it depends who you ask. We're asking you. I know. So I'm going to say no. (gasps) No. No, because every Star Wars film is the greatest thing ever released until the next one. Really? No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. So so you saw... Rise of Skywalker, how many times? At the, at 12 the theater? Time. 12, 12 times. Yeah. So that, for me, that's incredible. That was... I saw Last Jedi 13 times. Did you? I was going to say, that was yeah. going to be on the next question. Is, is that yeah. the record? But like, Last Jedi 13 times? So since the special edition, whenever a Star Wars film has made it to a theatrical release, I've always done double digits. Wow. With the sequel trilogy, I'd see it in 2D, see it in 3D, uh, 3D IMAX if it's available, Dolby Vision, 4DX. So it's like seeing it in different formats and right. just seeing it in different kind of environments and stuff actually kind of makes it quite quite enjoyable. And and bless her, Karen, I think, was dragged to, at least for Last Jedi, she was dragged to seven of them. She didn't have to come, really, you know, but some of them are because I've had like um, sometimes get industry access to like Dolby. Before Dolby Vision actually was kind of... Uh, released as a, a a format like uh, internationally i'd go down to soho and we'd see it in a private screening and all that so that was kind of a, more of a big deal do you only ever do that with star wars or do you do that with other genres as well the closest i would come to with that is possibly marvel and james bond 
And Marvel, normally out of necessity, so normally we tend to see it ourselves because we've got Cine World Unlimited cards. And then if a boys want to see the film, then we see it with them. I think the only one that I've actually seen more times off my own back, because I thought it was a really good film, was Endgame. Okay. And I have to admit, I think I saw Endgame. Now, did I see, I'm just trying to remember how it worked. Did I see Endgame after Rise of Skywalker? Was it just was, was before? It would have been before, wouldn't it? It would have been before, yeah. But I think I must have seen it on on DVD or Blu-ray, on Blu-ray, sorry, after Rise of Skywalker, and it's probably the only time I've actually sat there and kind of gone, oh, they did it, they did it better, mm. you know. Mm. I mean, I think the problem is when we go and see a new Star Wars film, we compare it to all the other Star Wars films that we've seen hundreds upon hundreds of times. And obviously, every time you see a film, the state of mind that you're in and the place you are in the world, be it like, you know, you're, you're at school or you're a teenager or you're starting a job or you suddenly got four kids or whatever, that affects your outlook and your perception as to how you receive those films. But I think from, you know, you've got to give them a certain amount of bedding in time mm-hmm. before you can kind of take a stand back and go, well, actually, I think this film was better than this and actually this does more than actually i think people first realized and even now i you know some people are like actually you know what i saw last jedi for the like first time since i saw it at the cinema and actually it's not that bad you know it's not great it's not a perfect film but it's there's bits to it that i actually didn't quite get before and so i think sometimes you've got to do that you know i mean we're so used to just an instant kind of like uh you know we watch it we consume it and we chuck it away but actually that's not how i think star wars fandom really works and deserves to work and of course i get off my soapbox no, that's fine. That's the so good site was going. And of course, we are looking at it unnaturally close. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is probably not healthy sometimes. Well, that's, that's the thing. So, I mean, so like whenever I, like with, when I'm, when I'm on making tracks, which is released uh, every week on Frankfurt <laughs> Tracks. But no, so when I'm when I'm on a podcast and you know like we're reviewing an episode of a Bad Batch, I always watch it twice. So the first time I watch it as a fan and try and switch off that analytical part of the brain, which is like ah, oh, but how does that connect to that? And just kind of ex, you know consume it as somebody who's just seen it for the first time and then the second time before i'm about to do the podcast i sit down and i watch it might pause it might rewind it if if i need to just to kind of get you know perspective on something mm. that's what i try to do anyway so all right so that was fantastic and a real insight into some of your thinking behind the films but that allowed you to open up a bit more we're going to take you into the home stretch for the next two rounds so the next round is uh wexley snap do me a personal favor. Be optimistic. Yes, ma'am. Uh, this is this is terrific. You're not going to believe how well this is going to turn out. It's going to be great. These are quick questions that require a little bit more than one word answers, and these are completely great. random now. So they're not necessarily grouped in an area like what we've just done with like films. This could be absolutely anything. Spin, 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 spin. Who is the biggest loser in the Star Wars movies? I think, I think Watto. <gasps> because he, not only does he lose an employee, well, he basically loses two employees. Because like, you look at him. Which look cheated, him in, wasn't he, really? Yeah, look, look at him in Attack of the Clones. He's like a, a shell of a mere Toydarian that he was. Phantom Menace is zip and zagger and all that, uh, zip and swagger and all that kind of stuff. But then like by Attack of the Clones, he's kind of like, he's got flies around him and... Yes, yeah, so I reckon Watto. 
Do you feel sorry for him? Or do, you, or do you just think he's a loser? It could be argued that the prequels is basically the tragedy of Watto, mm. really. The downfall from a, a great independent businessman to yeah. somebody who is basically a mere kind of shell of a shell of a being. I mean, well, it's, well it's think cu- if that chance cube had, you know, been left to chance and yeah. rather than Qui-Gon's interference. Think of the galactic consequences exactly. that could have been avoided. Yeah, you think about all those lives saved and all those little Jedi Padawans running around now still. Yeah. That. I almost think that possibly... George, he was kind of influenced and got his kind of uh, the idea behind Watto from obviously speaking to Dave Tree. Mm, yeah. The parallels are very similar there, I think. I did sign yeah. off on the likeness. Did he? <laughs> and the wings. Well. Have you yeah. just have you just subtly said that Dave Tree is the biggest loser in Star Wars? That's no. fairly accurate as well. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, yeah. I, 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 can, I can subscribe to that one yeah taking words right out of my mouth right next question then if you were doing a star wars spins question what question would you ask who am i asking me or it's a, a ra- it's a question that goes on the wheel so oh okay if you had to pick a choice between Nisa or Latara as your first date, who would you pick? Oh, Nisa. Oh. No, no, Latara. Sorry. What was I talking about? Latara, Latara. Uh, every time, not Nisa. Whew, yeah. <laughs> Hang on. I've got to write that down. My first crush actually was Latara. Oh, yeah. I love Latara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whilst I started as a true fan, as it were, started collecting and you know classifying myself as a Star Wars fan from eleven, my first kind of introduction to Star Wars was probably would have been about five or six, and was the Ewoks and the Droids cartoon. And yeah, there's something about something about his eyes and, and the kind of and <laughs> oh yeah, the it was brains. the eyelashes. Yeah. yeah, you know, and she kind of had that little quiff thing going at the front there. Yeah, yeah, it's quite unsettling when you think about it. But hey, what the hell? Oh, it's good. And yeah, no, Latara. <laughs> Art Martin's like, what? I'm, I'm slightly I've, I've scared. Had, I, I have actually discussed this before. I, th- I think it might have been on Making Tracks or something like oh, that. Really? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this but, comes up uh, every week in Making Tracks, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is this going on the wheel? Oh, yeah. 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 Sweet. Right. Should we have another question then? Let's do it. Who would you freeze in carbonite? Dave Tree. Because he is a British institution, a national treasure, so he should be preserved for all time. Ah, <laughs> just minutes after calling him the biggest loser in Star Wars, <laughs> I made up for it. But, but the thing is, what he hasn't actually finished is face first, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with your with your pants down, yeah. <laughs> something like that. That'd be amazing. Kiss the frozen butt. <laughs> exactly. Day tree. Only a pound ago. Yeah, you could like rub it for good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Buff the butt. Do you have one more question? Yeah, one more. Let's go. No secret is safe from Boar Gullet, but what is the secret Boar Gullet is keeping from you? Where those tentacles have been. <laughs> <laughs> Where have they been? Well, all over Bodhi Rook for a start. Like, yeah, exactly. I, I kind of, yeah. Is it me or is like Borg Gullet probably one of the most bizarre creatures? Yeah. Like, it kind of comes out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere. You, I mean, 
in, in Rogue One. It, it, <laughs> it is a, it is an interesting thing though because you've already established you got interrogation droids yeah. from A New Hope. Why not just like have probe droid type thing? It, it just yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very strange thing to have done because is 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 this thing sentient is it part of the crew does it get up and like jump in a spaceship with the rest of them when they do whatever or is he just like a like a rancor he's kept in a pit you know does he just... does he come out does he actually make it off of jeddah is it even a he does it have a gender i mean we, I there's ma- many many a secret that actually ball gullet is probably keeping and yeah. only ball gullet can actually answer and how yeah. does he answer because we've only seen him go yeah does he sort of like after he's done it he's sort of go yeah legit legit this guy this guy's legit you, you know around like the world cup you'd get the kind of uh the starfish that will kind of predict like yeah the outcome of a match so basically you Squid. have to kind of say yeah you have to kind of like put down two like very, fairly binary answers like yes or no and then he slivers <sighs> over to one or the mm. other from a visual perspective Obviously, it's quite sexy and it's a little bit strange. And, you know, there's no real other beasts, Sorry, is there? It's a bit, it's it's a bit sexy. sexy. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> well, I mean, like, you, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a bit of a spectacle, like, for Rancor, kind right. of. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a beast. It's a Star Wars beast. And, and other than other that, I'm backtracking. I'm backtracking. It's too late. <laughs> yeah. Mark, Mark, in all seriousness, yeah. I actually have got a ball gullet outfit, and if you need, yeah, I do. I genuinely uh, do. If if you want to borrow it at any, is point. it as good as your porg? It's. I personally think it's better than the porg <laughs> I, because I it's it's actually made out of parachute. Oh, excellent! With a kid's bike helmet. That's yeah. what you wear, and then for the for the tentacle things, you got like the arm bits, but to kind of give it length, you're actually holding wooden spoons. It's amazing. <laughs> So if you ever want to borrow it at any point, I'm your man. Just wash it, all right, once you're done. (laughs) I had the opportunity to meet um, the chap who was in the ball gullet suit uh at london film and comic-con a couple of years ago oh you uh, need to get him to father's from well i was i was just like chatting to him and i genuinely think the guy thought i was bullshitting him <laughs> that i've got like this outfit and i'm right there trying to like find a picture on the phone like look, look, look. Yeah. So, so you could book him for father's from the advertisers in costume photo shoot right should we move on to the amazing last round which I seems very apt now yeah swiftly that last question takes us perfectly to the final round which is actually called all gullet will know the truth these <laughs> are the deep existential questions that keep you awake at night well they keep us awake at night because we're wondering what your answers would be to these questions We've seen Han and Chewie take a shower together. Which Star Wars character would you like to take a shower with? Ray, Jyn Erso, Mara Jade, Guri, Latara. Um... How big's your shower? It's a walk-in shower. <laughs> but to be fair, yeah, we can all kind of cram in together. It's fine. Yeah. But your custom new. Yeah, that might be one too many. Is Boar Gullet somewhere in there as well? <laughs> yeah. He's going he, to he's offering, he's doing the shower part. He's going to oh. leave on his frame water, but that's not oh. what I meant. <laughs> Can I just say you answer that question A very quickly and B very thoroughly? Yeah. Yeah. Is this yeah. something you think about a lot? <laughs> uh, In the shower. Yeah. 
Yeah, generally when I'm in the shower. Yeah. Oh, I tell you what, it'd be great if Mara Jade was here because she could just she just wash my bag for me. She she doesn't even exist though, does she? Martin, none of these yeah. people exist. None of these people <laughs> exist, mate. I hate to break it what? to you. I've seen, I've seen all these documentaries. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I've seen all these documentaries. What are you talking about? Spin, 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 spin. How do you think the huts reproduce? <laughs> <laughs> I think because we've never seen the underside right of a hut so I think there's an orifice oh and I think the tail goes in there so I think you get two huts and one <laughs> spent too much time <laughs> yeah go on yeah this. go on in the shower in, in the shower yeah so one puts its tail in the other orifice and it secretes some kind ah. of gunky stuff could the hut do that to itself could do because aren't they asexual or something or Aren't they, don't they gender change? Well, Gardula the hut was a female hut, wasn't she? Yeah. But I, I'm pretty sure, and I'm sure your listeners will correct me, but I'm pretty sure that in a like a new canon era that they can change genders so they can give birth. I, ah, I didn't know that. But, but I much prefer the massive giant vagina underneath the, the like, there you go, vagina the hut. Now that <laughs> is a, a hut's name. There you go. So, <laughs> Wow. Yeah, wow. On so many levels. See, this is why we had to ease you into these questions yeah. quite clearly. You know, we couldn't have just jumped straight into this. Right. Should we have another question? Absolutely. Walrus Man, Hammerhead, Snaggletooth, Squidhead and Pruneface are perhaps some of the best names ever given. What name would you create for a Star Wars character? Like an Ugnor, I would call Pigface. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> and I'm surprised they didn't, really. Or maybe maybe somebody was a little bit uh, concerned by that. <laughs> Dave's offended. He's gone. Dave, Dave's like, that's it. He's a, don't start with Ugnaughts. He's saying, then I'm out. Exactly. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> I was trying to think the other day of what you could call like an alternate name for something like that for like Salacious Crumb. Or Monkey Lizard. Well, I mean, monkey Lizard as well. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, Salacious Crumb is one of my favourite Star Wars characters. He is awesome. I, but I tell you what, I bet you, I mean, it's, it's common sense, isn't it? When when they get round to doing um, Return of a Jedi, a certain point of view, there'll be at least one story featuring Salacious Crumb and there'll be at least one featuring the Sarak, if not probably yeah. two. Because I think Salacious Crumb would just be filthy. Yeah. It'd yeah. just be swearing, outdated opinions. <laughs> yeah. A little bit too handsy when he's drunk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. You may, imagine he's probably, you've been told off uh, like pestering the, the dancing girls when they're changing. Yeah. Has Dave, got, has Dave gone to bed? Dave's truly gone. Sorry, I was busting for a wee. What's the deal with the space monkey that fixes Kylo Ren's helmet? Do you think he throws his poo at the other Knights of Ren? Does that explain why their boots are muddy on an otherwise clinically dirt-free spaceship? Absolutely. <laughs> That's yeah, totally. You could I want to know where he's actually keeping the monkey as well. Does he keep him in a cage? Or does he, is he like Michael Jackson with bubbles? Does he kind of like <laughs> hold, hold his hand and walk around with him or something? <laughs> it is a weird choice for a, an alien, isn't it? Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if that came about. I wonder if they were having a conversation and they brought up the Emperor. I mean, we brought up the Empire Strikes Back Emperor and, you know, where they kind of shot, was it where they comped like monkey eyes or something onto Yeah, it. yeah, and, yeah. And I wonder if like JJ was like, well, because I'm, amazing at ripping off star wars why don't i just rip this idea off and actually make it so literal you can't escape it 
I mean, it's, it is a bit bizarre because it kind of looks like Planet of the Apes, really, doesn't it? It's a bit... So when the Knights of Ren go trudging through the ship, yeah. there's all mud on their boots and things like yeah. that. Where's that come from? I mean, I, to, to I me, reckon... the logical explanation is it's the monkey poo. Yeah. But so do you think it's what... that or is it something else? Yeah, so what I reckon is because Kylo is like the leader of the Knights of Ren, when one pisses him off, he tells him to go and clean out the, like the monkey's cage. Right. And it's just so happened because they're so utterly rubbish, really, and ineffectual that they all had to do it at that time. Yeah, makes sense to me. Especially yeah. when, when all they do is kind of like just like stand there and do panoramic shots around things. And yeah. I mean, it, it's... it felt like a Michael Bay Transformer movie. That shot is up there in kind of gratuitous self kind of kind of like pleasing as the the tie fighter sunset shot from force awakens mm. when the rest of that scene is in like broad daylight and all they needed to do was if they wanted that shot they could have just basically graded that whole scene to make it look like dusk and it would have just fit in perfectly but no we're just gonna have this one random shot where you've got tie fighters flying out from the sun which is a great shot but it doesn't actually kind of fit the rest of the kind of context of the scene it's and, just like, and even more annoying, they could have easily have done that on Jakku. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't. I don't know. That, that must have been one of those shots that they had, and they just wanted to fit it in. I'm surprised, actually, Stefan Sonfield, who is the colorist on uh, Force Awakens, didn't maybe kind of say something about that, because you would have thought he probably would have. And it doesn't actually fit the scene. Star Wars is terrible, isn't it, really, when you think about it? <laughs> do, you know, do you know what? This is a problem. You yeah. know, um, the, the longer you talk about it, the more you think about it, the more holes you can pick in it. But it's like that with anything. You yeah. tell me there's what is a perfect film. To me, the, the closest thing to a perfect film is A New Hope. I, which is funny, actually, because New Hope is the one I struggle to watch most. Oh, really? O- only because it's actually now beginning to get dated. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've, have you watched them on Disney Plus? Yeah. They've all been, re- all been regraded and they kind of, they've, they've graded them and now they kind of, they do look 40 years old. Mm. Whereas before it's kind of, it was, you know, it's chalk and cheese, but the Blu-ray versions were a little bit overcooked, but at least they kind of still looked a little bit modern. Yeah. Had a bit more contrast, a bit more saturation to it. Whereas these now look really kind of filmic. Uh, which is nice, but it's also like I watch it kind of go, it doesn't quite look the same. It doesn't mm. quite, you know. The home viewing, what is the best format or the best version in your opinion? I mean, the, the 4K Dolby Vision with Dolby Atmos is probably the, the best superior format you're going to get. It's a trade-off on actually visuals because, uh, I mean, it's it's difficult because I'd, I'd, I'd even need to go and compare it, get a VHS player and actually compare it to how it looked on VHS because I have, obviously, I've never seen it in film and there's probably very few people who could actually compare it to the original film stock and say, actually, it looked more like this. So, yeah. Um, yeah. it's, yeah, it's an interesting one. And, and bearing in mind that... Um, Mark, who's a guy who actually graded uh, the Blu-ray versions, uh, he, they graded it with George Lucas. It was George's direction to grade it in with that kind of look. So then, who's actually then decided how these films should look? Unless they've actually, unless they have gone back to the original negative and kind of compared it and gone, well, actually, let's uh, let's turn it down and make it look more more like the original negative. Mm. I got the pleasure of um, meeting Gil Taylor, who was the cinematographer, cinematographer yeah. for A New Hope. Uh, at the time of when the special editions came out uh-huh. and he did a Q&A. This was on the Isle of Wight. Now, he, so he famously kind of fell out with George Lucas over yeah. the production of Star Wars and didn't come back into anything that followed after that. But he did he win an Oscar 
for the lighting and stuff like that. But he he was the guy who came up with like the Death Star tube lights and things like yeah, that. Yeah. But one of the questions was, have you seen the special editions? You know, how what do you think? And because they changed the and he just went, I just he just went, it's fucking shit. Like <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It was like, whoa. No filter. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is that's the thing. I mean, I think if memory serves correctly, part of the problem is that the the restoration process did kind of did muck up for the colour timing. Because you know, in in ninety seven this is before you know digital uh, intermediates and being able to do the color grading we can do now so they were still basically having to do it based on water baths and chemicals and film stock yeah. and that restoration process did, i think it made everything a little bit too magentary especially and then they kind of like worked that out on the, the later versions and stuff so the space monkey did throw poo at <laughs> the night's seren right amazing <laughs> next question how big is Han Solo's head to have a whole movie based on itself? But who has the smallest head in the Star Wars universe? Han Solo. Oh, go on. Think about it, Pinhead Han. Ah, yeah. of course. See, that's a sensible answer. That's a, that's a clever answer. And then it's did, my first one. So, <laughs> so did the, so did they make it? They made a big head after or before, wasn't it? Was it big head first or big head after? Small head first, and then replaced it with a larger head because they felt it was out of proportion to his action figure and with the other figures when you lined them all up i've got i've got big head hand because for that reason aesthetically it looks a little bit nicer i hated that figure really yeah what, what, what the big head version yeah the big the big head version yeah. i thought it was horrible uh, it's yeah. like just looks like a turnip yeah i see i i haven't i've i haven't yet and i may do now but i haven't yet kind of succumbed to you know, chasing down variants and stuff from a vintage run. Uh, I mean, I may do. No, it's, don't, it's, don't, don't, don't. Not, I mean, not like variants, variants, like all of them, but like the obvious ones. So, you know, Pinhead, Han, and like, you know, Brown Snake, Yoda, and... That's how it you starts. Know. You think, oh, I'm just going to do the, yeah, do the obvious have... ones. And then it's like, oh, oh, this one has a paint yeah. error. When I look at <laughs> how deep people go into this now, I've got what I feel is I'm happy with. Yeah, I mean, to a degree, surely it's just down to the process of the time. Yeah, we all have our kinks, so to speak. So there's some yeah. people, if it, if it gives them joy, good luck to them. See, I've, I've, I've got a friend, a good friend called Scott. Every time he sees a size Snootles figure, regardless of condition, he buys it. So he has like a whole army of, of Snooties, and I think he's done that with the, the Bespin guards. Not for variants, but just because why not? That's what, you know, it's kind of like yeah. the said Martin. It's yeah. like, that's his kink, yeah. so to speak. You know, I mean, I, I don't get it. I, I don't quite get, yeah, having like extreme multiples of the same character. Make, makes no yeah. sense to me either. It must be a nutter. No. Absolute <laughs> yes. nutter that does that. Weirdos. Exactly. Yeah. Mark, that was incredible. I don't know about you, Martin, but I feel like I have learned more <laughs> than I should do I've... about Mark Mulcaster. It's, it's an education from this appearance on Star Wars Spins. Um, yeah, quite concerning. So before we go, we're very sorry, but also you get to nominate the next guest to appear on Star Wars Spins. So Mr. Mulcaster, who would you nominate for the next guest on Star Wars Spins? So firstly, thank you very much for having me on. I've had a, a great time. It's been a barrel of laughs. 
and I apologise. <laughs> I, I, I deeply apologise to my mother for the language I've used throughout this episode. But I think a good friend of mine, who I've known for a long time, um, would be amazing on this. So I think you should next have Chris Akabusi for Star Wars Spins. <laughs> well, there's rules. We have to track him down now. We have to indeed. So there we go. Chris Akabusi, Olympic gold medalist and British athlete. Why not? Everybody knows how big a fan of Star Wars he is, even more a fan of this podcast. So <laughs> that is a great nomination. And we, and by we, I mean Martin, will be the man who will get on the case using his uh, incredible media contacts to uh, secure him as the next guest on Star Wars Spin. So that is amazing. And, and just one more thing before we go, uh, should people want to reach out with any correspondence where could they find you, Mark? Uh, definitely not Twitter. But I tell you what, if you want to follow me and hit me up on Instagram, you can. It's mmolcaster, which is nice and simple. And in fact, actually, to be fair, this is probably asking for trouble. But there is only one Mark Molcaster on Facebook. So if you want to add me there as well, by all means, you can add me there and we can have deep discussions about boar gullets and hut orifices well that's fantastic well thank you again mark you can also catch mark on every episode of making tracks by uh, the team at fan for tracks which is uh, 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 an above average podcast i suppose you know so i mean it's, it's high praise you know it's it's yeah. it's, it's not it's, as good as this one it's, it's much better than it was that's true that, yeah, i mean, I mean it, 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 it's kind of gone up like uh, a thousand fold you know, for the last 18 months or so. So, you know, that it, it, it's now worth listening to. Yeah. So thanks again, Martin, Quizmaster. You've been amazing as always. Thank you as well. It's a goodbye from me and we'll see you on the next episode of Star Wars Spins. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Spins. Don't forget to subscribe to the show from all your favourite podcast providers. If you have liked the show, please give us a good review. Head to our website, www.com swspins.com for all links to our social media pages to be kept up to date with our latest news and episode releases you can also get in touch with the show and why not send through your own question for us to put on our question wheels via email at swspins at gmail.com the star wars spins theme tune was created written and performed by andy liff which was then destroyed by the vocals of martin keeler and dave tree star wars spins is a podcast for entertainment purposes only the views and opinions expressed here are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect our own. So for anyone who has beef, go after them, not us. Mm-hmm.